In the gospel today, our Lord exercises a demon, or rather several demons from this man who is possessed. Jesus finds him in the synagogue in Capernaum, and he shows his authority even over unclean spirits. If you've ever found yourself questioning the real existence of the devil or demons, all you need to do is witness a real exorcism and you will never question their existence again. I've been able to witness several exorcisms in my life. What has impressed impressed me the most, or rather surprised me the most, is how the people who are suffering from this terrible spiritual malady, people who are possessed or oppressed, seem to be perfectly normal on the outside. They have families, they have friends, they go to work every day, They function normally in society. You don't really notice that they are possessed until the priest, who's been commissioned to be the exorcist, begins saying Latin prayers over them. When this happens, the demons begin to manifest themselves in all sorts of horrible ways. It's very clear, though, that what they're suffering from is not a mental illness like schizophrenia or something like that. It's categorically different. It's very clear that there is something going on within them that does not pertain to their own nature. When you see these horrible manifestations, there's no confusing it with mental illness. It's pure evil. Demons are real. The gospel that we just heard is from the very beginning of Jesus's public ministry. You probably remember that last week we heard from the very beginning of Mark's gospel. Jesus comes on the scene and he proclaims that the kingdom of God is at hand. He says this is the time of fulfillment. And then he calls everyone to repent and to believe in the gospel. Jesus comes on the scene, the very loud entrance. Right after that scene, he goes to the synagogue in Capernaum. And there he first surprises everybody because he teaches in a way that's very different than the other rabbis and scribes. You know, the other rabbis would usually comment on scripture, comment and add to what the former rabbis had said. But Jesus speaks very differently. He speaks with authority, which means that his teaching comes from his very being. He's not simply referring to something or someone else. He himself is the origin of his teaching. He comes to give a new teaching because he speaks with authority. But what surprises the people the most is not even the new teaching, but rather it's the fact that he has power over the unclean spirits. Jesus begins his ministry in Mark's gospel with an exorcism because this act characterizes and sums up his entire mission on earth. Why did the Son of God take on a human nature? Not just to teach us, not just to offer us a good moral example, but rather he came to earth and took on a human nature to do battle with the powers of darkness. He came to fight the devil and all of his minions. On the cross, that battle comes to its culmination where the devil throws all the dark powers in the world that he has at Christ And out of perfect love, Christ takes it unto himself and dies. It seems at that moment that Christ has lost, 
but three days later, he rises again, showing that the love of God is more powerful than anything the devil could ever throw at him or us. And so it makes sense that because Jesus' mission is summed up as this fight against evil, this fight against the devil who has held humanity captive, that he would also begin his public ministry with this exorcism. I remember the first time in my life that I became acutely aware of the presence of evil when I realized that the world is not just a neutral place, when I realized that there's a lot more going on than what we can touch with our hands and see with our eyes. I was a junior in high school, so about 17 years old, and it just became very clear to me that my friends and I were all in a battle. I began to sense much more intense temptations than I had ever experienced in my life before, I saw a lot of my friends fall away from the truth and begin to develop very destructive habits and start living in destructive ways. And I realized that we were all in a battle. We didn't choose it. We were in the battle by the fact that we existed as human beings, made in the image and likeness of God. The devil was after every single one of us. We were in a battle, whether we liked it or not, whether we admitted it or not, whether we wanted to be or not. It was at this time when I first stumbled upon the St. Michael prayer, and I was so moved by that prayer, I started praying it every single day in high school. I still remember the first few weeks when I prayed that prayer, how I found so much strength in it, how I was so assured of the power of God and the importance of St. Michael's intercession. In the 19th century, the end of the 19th century, Pope Leo XIII commanded all Catholics around the world to pray the St. Michael prayer at the end of low masses. There's no longer a command to do it today, but it's really clear that there's been a resurgence in popularity in the Saint, of the St. Michael prayer. Many Catholics really, really like it. That's one of the reasons that we started praying it after mass uh, last fall and continue to do so today. It's really important that when we leave church after Mass, we are equipped and we realize that we are going into the world and we have to fight a battle. The world is not neutral toward all of us who believe. The world is against us in many ways because the evil one has taken the world as captive and he wants to bring us into that captivity as well. Think about it, at Mass, we receive extraordinary gifts. These gifts make the devil really, really jealous. At the Mass, the sacrifice of Christ is represented, and those graces are applied to our lives. At the Mass, we receive a strengthening of divine life in Holy Communion. Given these amazing gifts that have been given to us, when we go out into the world, the evil one is going to be after us, and so we need to be equipped. We need to be ready for the fight. C.S. Lewis famously wrote in his Screwtape Letters that the greatest trick the devil has ever pulled is convincing humanity that he does not exist. You and I should not obsess over the reality of evil or the existence of the devil or demons, but at the same time, we do need to acknowledge his existence and we need to recognize that he's coming after us all the time. We are in a battle, whether we like it or not. 
If a soldier would walk out into the battlefield and not know that he is in a battle, not be willing to fight, he would die. You and I are going out into the world and we have to be ready to fight with all the resources that God has given to us. Once, one place where I see the evil one scoring at many victories is in leading people away from the truth of Christ and away from the truth of his church. Whenever our family members and friends unfortunately fall away, and I say whenever because we all have experienced this many times, we oftentimes chalk it up to just the influence of the secular world or spiritual laziness or indifference or something like that. And there's something true about all of those explanations, but those explanations in themselves do not get to the heart of the matter. There's something even deeper going on. The evil one is trying to pull people away because if he pulls them away from the church, he's pulling them away from the grace of the sacraments, he's pulling them away from all the resources that Christ has given us to enter into eternal glory. And so when we go out into the world, we need to be equipped. We need to realize that we are in a battle. The devil is very, very clever. And so he's not going to probably get us to fall into some grave sin of apostasy. You know, he's not going to get you to leave church and then just to publicly renounce your faith. He wouldn't do that. But he is maybe going to tempt you to start taking it easy, to maybe miss mass here or there, to maybe be neglectful of your prayer life for several days, maybe to try to justify sinful habits, maybe just to tempt you to live a more selfish life. All of these little things slowly build up. The devil comes after us gradually, step by step, until he's got us in the palm of his hand. So friends, we need to realize that we are in a battle. The great enemy that we are fighting as St. Paul reminds us, is not an enemy of flesh and blood. St. Paul tells us that the real battle we're fighting is with principalities, with powers, with the evil spirits. We need to acknowledge that fact. But fortunately, we know how the story ends. Christ has definitively conquered the evil one. He conquered the evil one on the cross, and when he comes again in glory, as we are reminded every time we walk into church now, he will show the full force of his victory. If you look up into the mural, you see that Christ has a crown, the crown of victory, because he truly is king. He's also got a scepter in his hand, which is a symbol of authority. Christ has conquered the evil one, but in the mystery of his providence, he allows the evil one to continue to tempt us. Our task is not to go into the world afraid, questioning who is more powerful. We know who, more, who is more powerful. Our task is to go into the world willing to fight every single day for Christ. If we choose to be members of his army, we know that in him and by his grace, we will conquer.